You're listening to the Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Welcome to the Better Man Podcast. I'm Mark Matlock, and I'm here with Robert Lewis. And today we want to talk about being a dad. And Robert, there are all kinds of dads that we can be, and we want to be the right kind of dad. So tell us about the types of dads and the one that we want to be. (laughs) (laughs) A good one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we want to be. I tell you, there's probably nothing more important to a man uh, who has children than being a successful dad. And I get to see that, especially when uh, men... Uh, first have a child. It's interesting when they when when a when a man first has his first child or second child, and the kids are just getting to be preschool. There is a huge interest in dads to want to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, if if they for whatever reason miss that, and then the child gets into his teenage years where he begins to be resistant and stuff, then dads kind of pull back because they feel like they've messed up or they don't know what they're doing. But but there's a natural instinct for men to be good at fathering. And I think that's uh, super commendable. I think uh, manhood, if we really understand it rightly, uh, is also to be equated with fatherhood. Uh, You can't be a man and not be a good dad. It's just one goes with the other. So when we look at on the landscape today, I think what we see, uh, if we were just going to put them in buckets, we see three types of dads. Uh, one that we all are well aware of is the problematic dad. That's the dad who either because of ignorance or neglect really fa- fails with his kids. Uh, he doesn't invest the right things, uh, maybe because he doesn't know how or maybe uh, just because uh, uh, he's got selfish instincts that cause his uh, fatherhood and fathering to become uh, problematic and toxic and we, we have scores of dads like that. I mean, I think we've mentioned it before on the podcast, but you've got 42% of kids growing up today in America that don't even have a father. He's, he's, he's moved out, he's gone, and those kids are left to themselves. And then you have another large percentage of kids whose dads, because of their own self-interest or their lack of awareness or whatever it is, they're not involved with their kids. They're not imparting emotional and directional stability, so they're hurting their their sons and daughters before they leave home. So that's one problematic dad. Then you have what I I, I would call what we laughed at the first, the good dad. That that's the guy who he does want to succeed with his kids, and and puts in a good effort in trying to do that. The problem is, is he's operating off of his just his instincts, what he grew up with, and he thinks that's good enough. Is well intentioned. He's well intentioned, but he he ends up still missing the mark. Yeah, I think it, that's the hardest part of parenting. I've said it before, but you know, it's almost a given. There's going to be some blind spot in our lives as we parent. You know, we just want to try and do as little damage as possible in some ways, but right. at the same time, we aren't willing to put in some of the work. Um, well, and it goes, but that. It, but, it, but for but for but for men for dads, it goes back to. A lie we talked about in a previous session that men sometimes suffer under, and that lie is, I should know what to do. Mm. A lot of good dads try to parent thinking, I should know what to do. I should already have it. 
And if you're out there today as a dad, uh, especially if you're a young dad, here's, here's what I want to tell you. You shouldn't know what to do. In fact, you don't know what to do if you've not taken the time to get the wisdom to really know what it means to be a good father. And that should take pressure off of you in the sense of just trying to have to figure it out uh, off the top of your head or what many dads do. They kind of make it up as they go according to the moment. And sometimes they hit and sometimes they miss. But some of the deeper, more essential things that a son or daughter needs, when you're operating off of just instinct, you miss. And those are the things that your kids grow up and then look back on and regret that you missed it with them. So you can be a good dad with a good effort and still not make the grade uh, because it's not smart effort. And that's the effort that comes from a dad who does take the time uh, to go out and find out what are the things that are needed to be a good father. And, And to go get those things, you've got to first admit to yourself I don't know what to do, and that's okay. I just need to find out what is the best to do with my son or daughter. I, I know for me personally, <clears throat> I get really defensive sometimes when you know my kids uh, that are now a little bit older can talk back to me about how I'm doing as a dad, or my mm-hmm. wife will say, you should be doing this. I mean, there is that part of me that's like, that does cling to that, but I know what to do, you know? And I, yeah, I've even written some books on parenting. So sometimes I think that gives me a real false, yeah. false sense of, uh, you know, of, a, of what I know what I'm doing in that moment. And, um, and to be able to say, wait a minute, maybe I don't know what to do. Right. Uh, maybe I need to come up with a plan or something strategic uh, that maybe even feels a little artificial at first just to help me kind of get my act together in terms of what that is. The, the smartest move of a man in every area of his life is to say it's okay not to know. It's just not, it's not okay to stay in that ignorance. I need to find out. And I think when a, when a, when a dad does that, he's going to move to sources that give him that kind of wisdom because it's all around us. I mean, it's, there's, being a good dad is not a mystery as much as it is just taking the effort to find out what those elements are. Like you said, they'll feel like you're learning some things, kind of like a guy learning to play basketball and the coach is giving him some fine points. And if he really listens, he's going to be a better basketball player. If he doesn't, he's not going to be a good basketball player. He's just going to be on the team. I go, good dads are dads who have taken the time to find out what good fathering is all about and what his kids really need, not what he's guessing at they need. And when they learn those, they put that into either a mental plan or they can even, as I did, write down some of those key elements so I can remind myself from time to time what it is that I want to give my son or daughter before they leave home. That's that's the benchmark I set. I, I, I That's the benchmark I set. I thought about um, uh, my kids, my two sons and two daughters leaving to go to college. They're not going to come back. And I thought, okay, here's what I want to know. What are the things I need to be sure as a dad they leave home with? Because I'm not going to get them back. So between now and when they leave home, what is it that I need to do that imparts a good foundation, a good uh, a good uh, superstructure that they can build off of for the rest of their life? 
What are those things? So if I'm a man listening right now, get out a piece of paper. Yeah. And we're, we want to help you build a playbook for your fatherhood. Just a simple playbook. That's exactly yeah, right. What, what, what's going to go in this playbook, Robert? Okay. What's going to go at the core of the playbook? Think of a, a target, and what we're saying is this is the bullseye. And at the bullseye, there are going to be basically four things that your son or daughter needs for you as a dad to give them. And I, I can put them into these four statements. They need to see certain things. They need to receive certain things. They need to experience with you certain things. And they need to hear from you certain things. And they need to get these four things pretty much from the time that they're a toddler to the day they leave home at 18 or 21. And if they get those things, I can guarantee you that they will have a solid foundation to build their adulthood on if they want to take advantage of it. Now, the child has to take advantage of it. It's not just all dad and because they have their own will. But Just like the coach can't play the team. That's right. Uh, play for the team, but he can set them up to have what they need to be able right. to to win the game. But you knew that you just weren't a hardworking, good dad guessing at fatherhood. What you were is a smart dad, not a perfect dad. There is no perfect dad. But you were a smart dad who was trying to impart the best things, the essential things to your son or daughter's life. So having said that, let me just start and just mention what they are, and I'll make a comment, and then we can just interact over those, Mark. But I think, first of all, I think the 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 essential thing that uh, a son or daughter needs to see in you as a dad is they need to see your character, okay, that it's a consistent character, and they need to see you loving your wife, okay? Those are the two essential things. You can always improve on those, but what you need to know is it's not going to be what you say so much to your son or daughter growing up over the years. That's not that those aren't important. It's going to be more what they see. You're the living movie 24 hours a day of what life's supposed to be like. So what you want to be is you want to be consistent in your character in that what you say and what you do match. Okay? If you do that, there's going to be a confidence of one kind or another, or degree or another, about who you are. And if you have a spiritual foundation to build on, they're going to be seeing the Christian life as a motion picture. And you're the central actor. They're going to see that you follow through on your word. They're going to see you give. They're going to see you ask forgiveness and humble yourself. They're going to see the virtues of the Christian life by your character. The other thing that they're going to see is that if you invest in your marriage, you're giving them 75% of what your parenting ought to be anyway. Because 75% of good parenting is nothing more than a good marriage. Because they're going to see all the virtues of, a, of the Christian life, of life, of the best of life, lived out in that relationship between you and your wife, how you communicate, how you resolve conflict, what you do with your money, where you spend your time. So if you're doing that and measuring yourself and saying, I need to have, I need to focus as a dad on a good marriage and I need to be able to close the gap between what I say and what I do, that's a huge investment in parenting. You know, I think about my own father and the 
word of God was always really important to him. And he would bring it into just about every conversation. But I think the thing that stands out to me is not so much what he said, but the fact that every morning when I would wake up, he was usually wrapping up his Bible time study. God, yeah. yeah. And um, and I, I can't think of a time when I ever woke up and my dad was actually still in bed. Um, I think almost every time I woke up as a child or a teenager, he was already up. Uh, he wasn't always, you know, dressed and everything like that, but he was doing his uh, Bible study time. My mom did it at a different time during the day. And I even remember at one point in my life saying to my dad, Dad, I've tried to wake up in the morning. I can't do it. And he just said, Mark, just find that space where that works for you. Mm-hmm. But one of the interesting challenges I found as a, a dad in kind of contemporary times is my dad, when I would observe him, I could see him when he was paying the bills, when he was reading the newspaper, when he was you know, reading the Bible, I would see him go into these different kind of modes, right? Now, I do all of that on my phone. I do my Bible study on my Bible software. I read the newspaper on my phone, but I also will play Angry Birds or something yeah. on my phone. <laughs> and so I realize that my kids don't sometimes know what I'm doing, you know, and they'll look at me and just go, Dad's on his phone when I might be reading the Bible. I might, you know, so that's an interesting, it's an interesting modern problem for mm-hmm. us younger dads yeah, is, is how do we help our kids really engage in what it is that we're doing in that space? Mm-hmm. Because that is uh, that, that ability to see was so powerful for me, mm-hmm. I think, to see my dad doing that. But I realized not too long ago, my kids have never really seen me do that because they can't distinguish between whether I'm tweeting or reading my Bible. Yeah. Just an interesting observation yeah. on the, the visuals. Yeah, but when they see you go in and talk to your wife, and they hear from the other room you saying, honey, I'm sorry. You just preached an unbelievable message. Yeah. And uh, when you come to them and say, I said this in anger and I know that you heard me and um, you get down on your knee as I did to my uh, seven-year-old daughter when I said a curse word. And I got down and I said, I am so sorry I said that. Will you forgive me? Those are the things that they remember they drive huge uh, points into their heart that give them a certain confidence that you are who you say you are spiritually and that you love your wife the way you say you love your wife. Those are the kind of things that just breed a emotional security that they'll carry with them because this is primal stuff. You're building their identity, their emotional um, identity in those early years and when a dad shows to his kids his character and his love for his wife, he's giving them unbelievable gifts as a father. So they need to see that. Secondly, they need to receive certain things. And I always say that the key things that a dad gives to his kids <clears throat> that is incredibly long-lasting is what I just call affirming encouragement. Uh, the biggest cheerleader in a son or daughter's life is dad. And I say that because we men, if we're not careful, we are we we are kind of naturally tilted to be a critic, not a cheerleader. And uh, when you're when your kids are real young, you naturally kind of boss them around a little bit, stop that, whatever. But when they begin to move in more formative years, like 12, 13, and 14, 
those are the years that dad tends to turn to a critic when his real when his real turn as a smart dad needs to be from this point on I'm going to be my son or daughter's cheerleader. Mm. And what that means is cuz they're going to go through those quirky years then they're going to go through some maybe resistance and rebellion trying to find their own identity. They're going to try some crazy things or whatever. They're going to be performing, even in their best moments of performance, if a dad's not careful, he will point out what they could have done rather than what they did well. I, I was terrible about that in sports because I played sports, and my son could have a great game. And my first thought, I had to always go through this mental exercise, my first thought would be to walk out on the field and say, hey, if you'd have done this, you could have, or if you'd have, made this move, you could have scored some extra point. I don't know what why that's in me, but I notice it's in a lot of dads. But I had to kind of coach myself to come out no matter what and point out the things he did well and say, you played a great game. I'm so proud of you for doing this. Because what the son or daughter needs in those teenage years is constant encouragement and cheering for the things they do well, not for the things that they don't do well. They're going to get beat down by life They're as much get, as possible. They are, you know, they are. And, and there is a right time, you know, yeah. to, to bring that instruction in too. Yeah, you want to bring instruction if they're really off the page or whatever. But but I would say, but that's easy. <laughs> but that's that, that's what I was going to say. That part's easy. What's not easy is to learn how to be a cheerleader and speak from the heart. Men sometimes have difficulty speaking emotion and from the heart, but to speak from the heart encouragement and mean it and give hugs and warmth and affirmation to make this son or daughter, regardless of their circumstances, feel good about their life. I remember when I would give my dad papers to look over for school. And what I really wanted to do is read it over and give me his overall impression. And he would, the first thing he'd do is go, you missed a comma. That word's misspelled. I'm like, read it first. Just read the paper right. first, right? And he was getting nitpicky about things. And those were things I needed to address. But I was looking for that overall, am I on the right path? You know, That's and just right. and and my wife pointed out the same thing. My kids are artists. And when they would show me their work, I go, well, that's an interesting choice that you did that or whatever, you know, and why didn't you choose to do this? And she goes, you are doing exactly what you're, you hate about your dad. That's right. You know, you're picking out these little things. You're not just enjoying and saying, wow, what an amazing thing you did. That's great accomplishment, you know, and then after you've affirmed that, you know, they'll, they want to know what, could be better or what That's could right. be fixed. But you do that in the right time. That's exactly yeah. right. And see, what you just said, that's the smart dad. That's the intentional dad who says, my first move is always to encourage. I can come back and, and suggest or critique or whatever, but the first wave is always one of encouragement. And smart dads are great cheerleaders. They're just great cheerleaders. They're also good at what I call everyday instruction and a lot of dads, because they themselves are not sure what to say, they've removed themselves from instruction. But, but kids need basic instruction about just the simplest of things, and that is how to interact with the opposite sex. And a dad can, he can use mom as a way to do that 
with a son or daughter, how to interact with mom as a first, and then mention that to say, how you're interacting with mom, this will be a great way to interact later with the girls you date. Whatever. Start forecasting that stuff or working a job, just cleaning up around the house, getting a little allowance, then later a job and say, here's how you do a job and helping them show up on time, go back and do it with excellence, those kind of things. Remember when Mason, my son, had a mowing job, I went, he had me come out and uh, pick him up with his gear and stuff like that, and he'd finished mowing the house, and I asked him, uh, you know, I had him look at it and say, okay, is that everything Mrs. So-and-so wanted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, I wonder what would make Mrs. So-and-so really happy? And he said, well, maybe if I edged it. I said, you know, you know, guys that really are great at their work, they, they undersell, but they overproduce. That's a great principle to live by. I said, why don't you and I get the edger out and let's edge your yard. See, all you're doing is a little instruction there. Or around the table, you're talking about life. And you may say, and a lot of dads would go, yeah, I don't know if I could do this, but you might say something like, let me tell you, I was in this Bible study this morning, let me tell you a verse I really got something out of. Just doing everyday life instruction, learning how to do that, I just have found most dads feel totally intimidated by, and yet their sons and daughters eat it up. In the same way about where you are with God, I say, hey, if you want a great place to start as a dad, just sometimes sit your son or daughter down and tell them how you became a Christian. You tell them how you became a Christian. And of course, if you can't do that, then maybe you need to go talk to somebody. <laughs> but but I go, but but a lot of I've I've met a lot of adults who go, I don't know where my dad is spiritually. I I want my kids to know not just where I'm spiritually, but how I'm doing spiritually and share what Jesus did in my life or a prayer I got answered or whatever. But but those are the kind of things that they need to receive from you in just everyday life. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be some tactician. All you're doing is, I'm just going to tell them from my own life how to live well and let them receive it. And I go, that's a smart dad. Then the, then the, then the things that they need to experience, it's very simple. So we've got to see... To receive, and now we're into to experience. That's right, and they need so, to they need to experience. I think at least one major memory making experience from you every year, every year. And I go, they're going to experience a lot of things, but something that's crafted just for them. And if you have multiple kids, sometimes you can combine those both kids to the same experience. But I would even encourage you to think of something that you can do just for each individual child. So, for instance, with, uh, with, with my boys and girls, I would think of ways to take them out on dates, to take them to special experiences on a trip. Uh, just took my grandson, this would be an illustration, uh, over to Memphis from Little Rock to watch Stephen, Stephen Curry play because he, that's his favorite basketball player. Well, to give an experience where it's just us, we're over there, we go to Memphis, we go out and eat great barbecue, we laugh because we get it all over us, then we go to the game, you know, I buy him a jersey or whatever, and I go, well, that's a great experience with granddad and me, but I'm saying dads can do that as well. And I go, those are the things that I tried to do every year to have one great memory-making experience with my son or my daughter because when they get to be adults, 
what I've learned in talking to men about their experience growing up is they'll usually tell me one such experience with their dad as kind of a fixation. It's kind of like we build our lives over great experiences. I was in one business guy's office. He was a great businessman here in in Little Rock. And I walked into his big, impressive office, and he had one little tin framed picture on his credenza. And I had to get up close to see what it was. And it was kind of a murky picture, but it was of a little boy holding a couple of ducks and a man. And I said, is this you? And he turned around and laughed. He said, yeah, that was me when I was 12 years old with my dad. And he said, greatest, greatest moment, we went duck hunting together. And I, and I looked at him and said, wow, I bet that meant a lot to you. I bet you guys went duck hunting a lot. And then there was this pause. He said, no, we only did it one time. And then there was another pause. And then he said, it was the greatest day of my life. That's what you want to build into your son or daughter. Great, great memories. And the intentional smart dad, he'll do it. He'll be intentional to think, have I done that with my son? I talked to a dad the other day who I taught this material to about 20 years ago. And this year, he told me, he said, you know, when you taught that years ago, my son, who at the time was 12, now he's a, he's a married man with kids, we do something every year even now together. And we made this commitment that every year we would go see one of the great football traditions in America. He said, last year we saw Notre Dame and USC. This year we went to Army-Navy. And he said, we do it every year. It's kind of something he looks forward to and I look forward to. Well, we go off for three or four days and just it's just dad and son. That's what I'm talking about. So you yeah. got to have and that. I think on, along that line, you know, you're in a way you're kind of building something together and making something. And I think that's a special thing where you're coordinating and planning and, you know, it's just a, a great, great experience. You're building emotional Mount Everest in the heart of a child that they'll look back on and say, I remember when Dad and I did this and those kind of things. So you got those things. Then the last thing is they, they need to hear certain things. And, and I always tell dads, because I, I know how many dads have not gotten this, but, you know, Jesus needed to hear something from his father when he was on earth. He was a son. He wasn't just a God. He was the son of God. And we see six times in the Gospels, though it probably didn't happen six times. Some of these are Gospel accounts that overlap. But the only time you ever hear God speak to the Son audibly while He was on earth, He says exactly the same thing every time. The heavens kind of part, and everybody hears this audible voice where the Father says to Jesus, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. And what the Father was doing is publicly blessing His Son. Mm. And I feel like every son or daughter needs to hear over and over again, not, not from a distance, but face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball, these words that are taken out of that statement. This is my beloved son. I need to look at my son and say, Son, I love you. And whom I am well pleased. Son, I am proud of you. Hear ye him. He was speaking about Jesus' abilities. You know, so I need to say, I want to tell you what you're good at. 
And so what I determined to do with my boys is give them what I call the blessing and my daughters as well. And that means regularly I pull up alongside them with other people around and I go, this is my daughter. I love her. Let me tell you, I am so proud of you. And let me tell you what you're good at. And I publicly praise her. And I've done that with my boys and girls from the time they were, you know, barely walking till even now that they're adults with their own kids. But every child needs to hear a blessing. And yet I'll talk to adults, uh, men, and I'll say, did you ever hear your dad look you in the face and say, I love you or I'm proud of you? No, no. We do father-son retreats. We just had one this weekend with about 50 dads and sons. And one of the things we do in the weekend is at a breakfast, we have the dad stand up, call the son up, put his hands, his dad, on his son's shoulders, look him right in the eye in front of all the dads and say to his son, John, I love you. You know that? And I am so proud of you. And let me tell you, what you're good at. You are such a loyal friend and you're a great soccer player. And then he gives him a hug and sits down. Well, let me tell you what I watch. I see this father and son stand up. The dad starts saying that. And the son, literally, I just see it over and over again, kind of starts standing up a little taller and looking at his dad. And depending on the relationship, might even get a little teary. And it's son after son after son they have waited for dad to speak directly into their heart the blessing that even Jesus needed. So that's what wow. the smart dad does. He realizes these are just core elements. But when he's waving, as I did, and I, even as I say it, I almost want to get teary. But I think about saying goodbye to my two daughters and my two sons when they were standing in that dorm at college and I knew they would never come back. I wanted to look them in the eye and know, know, know that as best I could with my flaws and my shortcomings, and God knows I've asked forgiveness a thousand times, but I at least wanted to know that they had seen integrity in my life, that they knew as best I could I was still loving mom. I wanted them to know that they had had some instruction that they had had some encouragement, that I was still their cheerleader. Even as I was saying goodbye, I was saying, you're going to do great. I wanted them to know that we had had special experiences together. Elizabeth and I had rafted the Colorado River, or Rebecca and I had gone to Rwanda together on a mission trip. I wanted them to remember those experiences with Dad. And then as I was leaving, they would know without a doubt, because I'd said it a thousand times, I love you. I'm proud of you, and you're good at this. That's the smart dad. So, do you have your playbook put together? <laughs> That's uh, Robert's given us a great outline, very powerful uh, points and and things that we need to do. We need to be a smart dad that knows that our our son and our daughters. Uh, see some things, receive some things, experience some things, hear some things. Robert, you've given us some great tangibles around that too. And uh, it's a framework that anybody can kind of add to according to what's important uh, in their life as well to that. But you've given us some great, great insight into things that you've seen work and be meaningful and 
Um, especially those things about hearing. I'd, I'd never thought about those words that God had said to his own son yeah. uh, audibly. How powerful is that? Yeah, It's we, the blessing. We don't say it enough. No. And so I want to challenge all of you, if you are a father today, to go and make sure that you say those words to your kids. Just that alone, after listening to this podcast, could change the trajectory of your, of your, uh, your parenting and help you become a better man. That's why we're here. So look forward to being with you on the next episode of the Better Man podcast. Check out our website, betterman.com. And if you are the leader of a church or an organization would like to have a Better Man experience in your community, absolutely free. We provide you everything you need to run an event around uh, tables for men in your community to help them activate their, uh, their growth together. So I want to encourage you to do that. We'll see you next week. Hey, this is Mark Matlock with the Better Man Podcast. I just want to remind you to leave a review and subscribe to the Better Man Podcast on whatever platform you're listening from. If you're a church or organization leader interested in bringing a Better Man 10-week event to your community, go to betterman.com for information.